Hello and welcome to Doc to Me. My name is Heather. And I'm Kathleen. And this week we are covering season one of Wild Crime on Hulu titled Murder in the Rocky Mountains. For a split second I thought you were going to say Wild Kratz. Wild Kratz. This was produced by Lone Wolf Media and ABC News so you know it's legit. For real, for real. I've heard of the story before but I want maybe Dateline or something it'd been some time ago i didn't realize this documentary was so new yeah i felt like i had seen a documentary on this case so yeah like there was, was definitely like daylight i know 48 hours maybe because they were showing some clips it definitely it was on. it was one that i was i was familiar with and i was like wait a minute did i see this but it was it'd been some time so i yeah, was kind of excited it was yeah. a nice refresher and then also the sweet, sweet justice in the end. And they were very smart about how they released it. It's four episodes and they released one a day, which that's perfect. You don't want to binge it all in one day, but you also don't want to wait a week. I mean, I totally binged it all in one well, day, yeah, but, but that's just nice how I know. like my true crime. <laughs> it was nice to know there was an option. Yeah. So let's get into the crimes of this piece of shit, Harold Henthorne. There's not really a lot of information online, just news articles about like the crimes and stuff. Yeah, I feel it like his interesting. life, like, I feel like he probably lied so much that there's not really, there's not like, even a, a real... Wikipedia page. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised by that. Yeah. Um, but I do, I feel like he lied so much that it's like, can we even trust what this motherfucker's saying, like, yeah. in any aspect? So, yeah, there's, and there's no information on exactly what the series was going to be about until I watched the damn thing, and it was the opening line. So I guess the series is going to be about crimes that happen in national parks. I am super excited for that. <laughs> and I am I cannot wait to find out what the next one's going yeah. to be. And I feel like I need to do some research on so, what it could. It's so new that, yeah, I think they're just like, well, let's see what happens first. Bring it on. <laughs> Love this idea for a show. So we start this one off in the rocky mountain national park in colorado i mean clearly we're gorgeous going to the rockies at some point it's called murder in the rocky mountains so harold and tony henthorne are about to celebrate their 12th wedding anniversary and every year harold takes tony on a trip which that sounds exhausting i mean every year for your anniversary yeah and it's like 12 fucking years i mean i they're going without it's no kids it's just them but that still sounds really exhausting to do every year like i've been married fucking 10 years and i just i couldn't imagine doing a trip every year yeah you're gonna run out of places mother yeah harold is yeah you did (laughs) are you angry at your mom or is it directed (laughs) towards me Harold is this successful businessman, and Tony is a ophthalmologist, and the friend who announces this knows we're all stupid and clarifies that it's an eye doctor. <laughs> I actually knew what that was. <laughs> Thank you. It would have taken me a couple seconds, but I would have figured it I out. Was but like, I was still like, mm, that's Thank the you. eyeballs. Saved. Yeah, my brain didn't have to work. Thank well, you. Well, she was apparently a surgeon, too, which I didn't think that, I, I didn't think that that was like the standard for she does a job we will never do because gross eye stuff yeah i don't i could never do contacts (laughs) for that very reason ew i couldn't just because i have astigmatism in both eyes and that's a pain in the ass i also have astigmatism. they fall out i don't care if they say they're made for that they still just move around it's it's obnoxious also ew and these two also have a daughter together i don't mention her name through this i feel weird doing that yeah 
she's not really she's not involved in no. any way like she's you could take her entirely out of the equation if she's and it not would be in it like, for interviews i feel like she doesn't want to be out there well and also she's still a child yeah like a little kid and yeah. it's just uh no like she's not even like a teenager so i mean she is now but i think she's still underage so i don't feel is she a teenager now i think she well i mean we get to it i think it was 2005 she was born in oh yeah so i was like i don't want to bring it up god i feel old so they keep saying harold is surprising her with this trip which we've already established they go on a trip every year i don't know how much of a surprise why he needs to sneak around to have her schedule cleared i kind of feel like she didn't want to go on a trip with him this year we'll, we'll get to that also don't surprise someone with a trip especially if you have kids like i get anxious just for my husband making unexpected stops like when we're out running errands now i need like seven to ten business days to like exactly where plan what i'm going to pack yeah like bitch you have a go bag no you (laughs) packed all the wrong shit saturday september 29 2012 a little before 6 p.m 911 receives a call from harold from rocky mountain national park saying his wife had fallen 30 to 40 feet from a ledge on the north summit of deer mountain and she's in really critical condition whatever that means so where this is at there's no way to bring it in a helicopter so rangers have to get there on foot and it's getting dark out because it's six o'clock yeah again it's the fucking middle of nowhere which i don't know maybe don't climb up a mountain if you know you're not gonna get back down before it, right before nightfall that's like, insane six, yeah Close to 6 p.m. is a little late to be, like, hanging out on the side of a cliff. Yeah. The park ranger is having difficulty getting to their patient because he's not familiar with this area. And he's having to trek there by flashlight and moonlight. But he can hear through his walkie-talkie that Harold is performing CPR, so he knows it's serious. By the time the park ranger shows up, it's 8 p.m. So it's been two hours. Yeah, she's been down for two hours. And also... He's apparently been doing CPR for two hours. We'll get into that. Yeah. yeah. I don't... Like, bold move. So it's been two hours, and once he's there, he checks for a pulse and doesn't find one. There's nothing they can do at this point, so they leave another ranger with the body and bring Harold down. Could you imagine being the ranger that has to stay with this poor woman's body overnight? Oh, I hope he has a gun or something, if there's animals. Yeah, like, that is leading, like, it's, it's a feeding frenzy right there like we've got a buffet don't worry about it (laughs) you don't even have to make the kill like well i just i I feel like he left too easily like i have sat with a deceased person and i gotta tell you like it still haunts me to this day um so i feel for that park ranger because like i couldn't imagine yeah I mean, maybe it's a little different if it's, like, someone that you have no association with. And it's just like, okay, I'm going to sit with this deceased person or whatever. But, like, I've done it. And let me tell you, I still think about it sometimes in my dreams. It was it was really rough. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was, it was hard. It was also even more difficult, I think, because my kids were with me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's weird. So the next morning, rangers go down to the scene so they can get a better look during daytime hours. And right away, they find it odd that the Henthorns were even in this area. Yeah, it's not off the trail. It's, well, it is. Like, well, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> far, off the, okay, far. I, It's off the trail, but it's not like immediately off the trail. It's kind of obscure and 
very steep. They yeah, it's showed, like way out there. They show pictures of a tree that she had hit limbs on, and it, it's just a dark scene. Oh, yeah, no, I just was... seeing the broken limbs. It it paints a picture. Yeah, it it, it does. They also notice an untied boot and made it very clear that boots don't just untie, untie themselves. themselves when you fall. What? <laughs> no, that's that's some. And also some her shit. camera was right next to her. Well, and they, yeah, they were like her backpack and her camera were both right next to her. But you would imagine if you're like falling down a cliff, like your stuff wouldn't necessarily would land directly next away. to you. Yeah. Bodies don't bounce. You would think, yeah, that high of a fall camera, it's going to just bounce. They also inventory Harold's vehicle and find a map of the park. He made a note on where they should hike and also placed an X on the map suspiciously. Right where where she died, yeah. So at this point, they hand. marks the spot. At this point, they hand the case over to the ISB or investigative services branch. Which I didn't know that was a thing. Did not know. No. Like, super cool to find. And that woman, let me just say, first of all, she's gorgeous. Yes. Well, even they, later on, they get a federal agent working with them. Who didn't know this branch existed? Yeah, it's like a very obscure thing, apparently. Uh, according to the U.S. National Parks website, quote, Our core mission is the immediate and long-term protection of park resources, visitors, assets, employees, and residents. We accomplish this through detection, investigation, apprehension, and successful prosecution of persons who violate laws of the United States of America while within or while affecting the national park system. That sounds badass. I want to do that shit. And I don't even like, like, outdoorsies. You need to check out the nps.gov website. It is surprisingly interesting. It gives all information about parks and wildlife. And there's a whole section dedicated to cold cases of missing and unsolved homicides in parks. Yeah. See, I've, I've like seen a lot of like the, you know, people who have gone missing or have been murdered on like, you know, while they're hiking like the Appalachian Trail and shit like that. Finding this was like a distraction. I was like, shit, I got to get back to doing this. Bookmark it for later. (laughs) Yeah, it was very interesting. So then you hear about people who are like, well, if you kill somebody in a park, you can't be prosecuted for it. Oh, yeah. There's like supposedly like a certain section that you can't be. That's not fucking true, guys. You literally can't murder anyone anywhere without like getting in trouble for it. Maybe on a cruise ship because it's a little bit like shady. Cruise ship's probably the only place. So yeah, you can murder someone on a cruise ship, but not in a national park. Yes, check nps.gov. It was very interesting. (laughs) I don't know who works on it. They clearly like spent time on that like usually government websites are just kind of thrown together but this one's yeah. actually there's pictures and yeah it was very nice so yeah, there are maybe up later <laughs> there are 34 agents in this division and they cover 85 million acres it does not seem like enough it's they two, are vastly underfunded 2.5 million acres per agent that's a lot to track it's fucking insane that is a lot of mileage i think we should just change it two million max per person (laughs) yeah like let's get some more agents in here two days after this occurred they go over to harold's house in highlands ranch colorado to interview him because there's a few unanswered questions like why'd you mark an x on the map where your wife died (laughs) so his story is tony was rapidly walking towards the edge of the cliff but he didn't witness the fall because he was busy looking at his phone reading a text message which you're on your honeymoon or not honeymoon, but like your anniversary date. Like, you why are you looking your at your spouse phone? quickly walking to the edge of a cliff, and, and then you, you look down stop? to check a text. What the fuck? I 
I just... It's real sus. Let's not be stupid on a mountain. No. Like, also, <laughs> I, don't, I feel like she would have more common sense. Like... Yeah. The she's cops, a mother. The cops check his phone, and there's a text message that came in at 554, which is just a minute before he called 911, but he already told the ranger it had taken him 45 minutes to get down to Tony's body before he called 911. Which is also weird. Why would, like, I would be on the phone, like, oh my god, my wife just fell, like, I need help out here, I'm on my way down to her, but, like, it's, you know, a distance, his, blah, blah, blah. His story falls apart just immediately. No, he definitely... <laughs> He, he had two days. He plan. did a lot of planning, but he also didn't plan well. No. He's shown the park map with the X, and he doesn't have an answer for it. And I love the ranger said it was the first time in the whole conversation that Harold didn't have anything to say. He's been lying a lot, and yeah. he's been rehearsing those lies. And so we learn more about their past. All they really talk about with Harold is his dad was an abusive alcoholic. That was it. I don't think that excuses anything. No. His family won't come forward to talk about him, so no one's really sure about his upbringing other than that. And they only learned that from a high school friend. Yeah, there wasn't really a lot of, like, backstory on this man. That's very curious. Uh, Tony's family was new money in Mississippi, so she grew up knowing what it was like to be poor and then being well off. Yeah. So that's going to give her a good worth ethnic... Ethnic... Shit. ethic to know you've got to work to be able to have money and do stuff yeah and she you know everybody that that spoke of her like she seemed like she was a really like caring person mm-hmm. and like her family was like a good solid family yeah. and you can tell watching this oh god yeah she knew she always wanted to be a doctor but wanted to have time to raise a family so that's how she became an eye doctor she had one previous marriage to a dentist that didn't work out her brother says it seemed like she never got over the failure of that marriage. Right. She wanted the next one to last. Like, yeah. she was in it for the long haul. Which, as someone who seems like a hard worker, that's got to be tough to fail at something, like, so serious in life. Yeah. Like, just, that, that's a big deal. But she took that and focused more on building her practice and got hardcore into church, joining the choir, mentoring people. So she really cared about other people. Yeah, she was definitely, that seemed like a really strong theme being like a really strong Christian woman. Her friend said she really wanted to get married again, but I think it was more she just wanted to have kids. Oh yeah, no, she wanted a family, absolutely. She wanted to be a mom. So she meets Harold online on a Christian dating site, and her friends say he knew all the right things to say when they first met him. Which, yeah, once you learn more about this guy, he's a total shit talker who will say whatever to make himself this sound This man's good. a con artist. Yeah. At this point, Harold is representing himself as an independent fundraiser for nonprofits. I don't know how you make a fortune from that. Yeah, it was it was weird. I don't know why he chose that as his career. I mean, I'm imagining because it makes him look like a really nice a, person. Yeah, he's a nice person. Yeah, that's like a really like good Christian thing. But like... You don't get rich off of nonprofits. And I love Tony's brother. uh, Quote, Harold is great because Harold told us how great he is. Yeah. (laughs) And that's the thing is like, they really don't seem like they know him at all when they're getting married. We'll learn why in a moment. Oh, yeah. So the whole videos they show of Harold, he reminds me of like Scott Peterson or Ted Bunny. Like, 
the way he, he smiles kind of looks like Ted Bundy. It's like an way, older Ted Bundy. It's that creepy smile. It just makes you feel uncomfortable. He looks like a, a killer. Like, you know, there's something behind that. I just, like, I saw his picture and I was like, that man has killed someone or he will at some it's point. It's just an uncomfortable smile. Her family can sense something is a little off, but they're happy for Tony. Within nine months of meeting, they're married. That That's a really fast move. I know sometimes when there's not a that pregnancy works out involved. for some people, but I don't know. I don't like that. No. I mean, my parents got married quick. And people suspected there was a baby on the way, but that was not the case. I mean, but... my parents got married less than a month before I was born, so <laughs> they definitely knew there was a baby. <laughs> oh, my parent, or my kid likes to point out that I was not married when I had her, so <laughs> gotcha there. Uh, two years later, they're moving from Mississippi to Colorado because Harold always wanted to live there. Which is all weird. She has, like, practice. She had two practices yeah. in Mississippi. Like, she was balling, yeah. okay? All her family is there. Everything she knows is there. And he wants to live in Colorado, so let's just uproot everything. And, like, yeah, Colorado, like, and it's, oh, it's great. Gorgeous. Yeah, I loved it. Beautiful. <laughs> wonderful place to live. But you have two medical practices. Like, yeah. That's a lot to give up. Yeah. It's insane. She left family, friends, her church, her practice, sold her practice just for her husband that she's only been with and only known. And he can work from anywhere. Yeah. Like, what? But it makes sense because obviously his first step to taking over was separating her from her loved ones. And that is the first sign of an abusive spouse. But I just don't understand people who give up everything for somebody they've only known for such a short amount of time. It's uh, In 2005, their daughter is born, so she finally has the child she wanted. So I'm happy for her. You can just tell she absolutely wanted to be a mom. She oh, was yeah. Thrilled. Like, very doting and, yes. well, you know, when she got to be. So now we're back to the current time. Harold wanted to surprise Tony with this trip, so they had this whole thing where... He worked with her secretaries to pretend to be a patient, so she'd walk into the room, be surprised, and just so happy about this anniversary gift. She looked very startled. Someone recorded the surprise, and yeah, she looked shocked. Annoyed? She, kind of annoyed. Again, she didn't look like she wanted to go on a trip with him. No, she looks like she just wants to work. Like, she just, why are you here? It yeah, was, yeah. I think that there may have been some trouble in paradise, awkward. and she was just like, mm. <laughs> It was I don't just really want to be alone with you. Like, almost like, why are you doing this? Like, it didn't seem like it's something he's done. Or... It's like it's like those proposal videos where, like, the person's like, no, please don't yes. get down on one knee. Why are you? Do- <laughs> no, don't, don't do this in public. He hired a nanny for their daughter and packed Tony a go bag. Don't do that. No, don't ever pack for me. I do not trust a man to pack a bag for me. No. I don't know. I don't trust anyone to pack a bag for me. It takes me days to pack my bag. My husband and I have been together almost 10 years. He would have no idea what to pack for me. No, no. He can pack his bag in an hour. (laughs) It takes me days. Yeah, days Days. of planning. And and I always find something last minute that I need to throw in there. Yeah, because then I still can't pack everything because the morning before we leave. Yeah, Yeah, I gotta have that shit. Also, during this trip, they stayed at the Stanley Hotel, which I was so jealous of. It looked gorgeous. Not only is it said to be haunted, but it was the inspiration Ah. for The Shining. And most, most, most importantly, it was the hotel they stayed in in Dumb and Dumber. 
<laughs> okay, so what I'm hearing is that's our next trip together. Yes. <laughs> that's an IOU. That's as good as cash. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> so this case is kind of haunting because it's somewhat modern. They have photos from their trip from his cell phone <clears throat> and her digital camera. So you could track their moves during this trip. Yeah, it's like, like pictures of the day Following of. the exact trail they took. Yeah, yeah, she like, and that's pretty cool. Like, she went through and like compared like, oh, you can see like this tree yeah. in this picture. Like, she's Here's a badass. This rock. She's a badass bitch, <laughs> let me just say. Like. Included are several photos of him standing on a cliff, the cliff that she had fallen from. And he is tightly gripping a nearby tree. You can see his muscles. It was like a death bulging. grip. Yeah. So clearly he either knew this ledge was dangerous or he was scared enough to hold on to that tree. But he's fine with his wife walking quickly towards it. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, I'm going to check so my messages. He, he knew how dangerous <laughs> this was. It, yeah, so it's weird. So not only did they get a late start, they didn't begin their hike until 2 p.m. But at one point they decided to go off trail. Obviously, I don't know much about hiking. I don't know about you. But I'm going to stick to the trail. I know those are two things you don't fucking do. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't get a late start and... Yeah, you don't go you don't to go an the trail. afternoon when it's the hottest out. Like, that's insane. It's four, four hours away from sunset. So you got to make this very quick. You cannot go far. Yeah, they stop for a fucking lunch. Yeah. And it's not like they kind of drifted away from the trail. It was a quarter of a mile away from the trail. And like she said, like, you could really just, like, step off the trail and be obscured. He oh my said God, that he wanted yeah. some privacy or whatever. Like, first of all, like, how many people are actually out there considering, like... Going off the trail into an area that's not cleared. So you're having to deal with all these trees and brush and... You don't end up in this area unless it's on purpose. Not to mention, like, she has bad knees. Yeah. And as someone who has bad knees... Yeah, again, these people, like, in their 50s. Yeah. <laughs> like... It's insane. And they go don't go back on the trail after this. Apparently, Tony had spotted some turkeys. So they wanted to get a better look and kind and of go down. And then he, like, couldn't tell if it was turkeys or deer. Like, bitch, of, which is it? Because they're totally different. They kind of go down the mountain a little to the spot that Tony would eventually fall. Seeing this area and where they had to climb down from, I don't see this woman being excited for this. No. It's a it an anniversary. terrifying. Yeah, I'm like... If anyone tried to take me hiking for my anniversary, <laughs> I'd be like, do you not know me? Do not take me outside. No. I want, like, AC. drinks. AC. <laughs> yeah. Like, relaxing. And then, yeah, the turkey was saying, turkey? Or the ranger. <laughs> the turkeys. <laughs> the turkeys did say, turkeys? I don't know. The so. ranger saying, turkeys? Really? I wasn't even aware turkeys would be in that kind of environment. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. <laughs> So Harold was like, well, maybe it was deer. Bitch, how do you not know the difference? Seriously. I mean, maybe he's never been outdoors. <laughs> you don't know what My seven-year-old could tell you. And then that turned into, oh, we went down there for some romantic time. I cannot begin to describe how scary this area is. No, I'm not going to. I am not going to climb over some fucking boulders and brush and all that shit to like fuck someone it is so 
steep and is just filled with these rocks that look like they're going to slip at any moment. Yeah, it was not a safe area to be climbing around. And again, in their 50s, and she has bad knees. She's had three knee surgeries. It doesn't make sense why someone who doesn't hike very often and has bad knees would be like, hey, let's go explore this for some romantic time. Even if you hike down this 60 degree embankment, you're going to have to climb back up it. Yeah, no. Why would? No. I'm going to need a chopper, please. Yeah. Like Medivac. Maybe, maybe dumbass teenagers would try it. Oh, yeah. Totally as a kid. Not a 50-year-old woman. No, no. She'd we're be too in smart our 30s, for and we're like, no. Nah. No, yeah, exactly. She's too smart for that shit. She's a fucking mother. She knows how to play it safe. <clears throat> so we go back to the pictures of Harold standing by that tree. There's several photos, and he had, like, a fashion show or something. Yeah, they were, like, 15 minutes apart. Like, they were hanging out at this death ledge yeah. for long enough for him to have two different photo ops 15 yeah. minutes apart wearing different shirts. What about this denim jacket? Yeah. Denim jacket off? Like, so weird. So they surmised that it was two different times Harold's trying to tell Tony it's safe to stand here so come over and pose yeah come take a look so I can push you off this cliff yeah like absolutely she would have no reason to stand on that ledge otherwise like it's a sheer drop off this mountain the view is not that and there's nothing blocking the view so why would you need to stand right on the edge of the cliff no absolutely not like you can see for miles you don't need to get close no difference five feet away or on the edge so looking at the autopsy photos and notes It states that Tony had a huge cut to her head, which would have led to a lot of bleeding. Like, she was basically scalped. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. Like, that would have been, like, the first thing I was like, oh, my God! But during the 911 call, Harold just states that she has a concussion. Yeah. He doesn't mention any bleeding. No. But that's just her problem. It's just a concussion. Yeah. Like, she is bleeding out. Like, the 911 call, call, he's just like, oh, I think it's a concussion, not, she's bleeding, oh my god, she's bleeding, there's blood everywhere. Her scalp is pulled off. It was such a long fall that she crushed her ribs and her lungs. But I can see how she might have just had a concussion. Like, whatever. He was pretty calm. fucking death. Also, the 911 call, he said she fell 30 to 40 feet. It was at least 128 feet. That's a big difference. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure he knew how fall, how far it was. Yeah. Because, you know, again, he scoped this shit out. <laughs> he said he had performed CPR the whole time, two hours, while waiting, and yet her lipstick wasn't smeared. Like, and a big clue. also, I know you're about to mention it, but the, the man sent, like, 98 text messages. Yes. He was giving her CPR for okay, two hours, okay, okay. and he was I, texting at the same time. Do you have to correct you? It was 98 sent and received. Okay. <laughs> sure, sure. I'm sure he only sent like two texts and the rest were like, you know, incoming. Yeah, he's on this texting spree with people. He also said he built a signal fire, but it was tiny. Like, I've had bigger fires leaving a dish towel on the stove. <laughs> it was like, he built a fire, he sent and received 98 text messages, and was on and off the phone with... Uh, the 911 operator. Yeah, because he kept saying his battery was low on his phone. What did they say? It was like at 60% or something. Yeah. Yeah. On and off with 911. He's like talking the whole time. He's yeah. texting the whole time. He started a fucking fire. Like when you're performing CPR, you don't fucking stop. No, you, you don't do anything but going. perform CPR. And he's apparently been doing it for two hours, but like, he's not winded at all. You call 911, put him on speakerphone. Right. Like you don't need to just... Uh, 
Like, now is not the time to be texting her family. Oh, and you also don't magically lose your phone when cops are investigating you for killing your wife. That's number one. But whatever. And I fucking hate how he texted people. It was like, Tony fell, dot, 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 dot. Help is on the way, dot, 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 dot. I fucking hate three different messages i hate the fucking like ellipses like it fucking kills me because i always feel like i'm in trouble <laughs> it feels like they're mad at me like you do not need to do that no don't that is wasting time do not do the dot 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 I ever would rather you send me several texts <laughs> instead no. of just tony fell send yes she's really hurt send like you don't need <laughs> to like no no you're wasting your time so within 36 hours of her death, he already had her whole memorial planned out, like ready with a slideshow and everything, including a seating chart. Okay, I just want to say, as someone who has like experienced people kind of like rapidly trying to put together like a video montage of like pictures and stuff, no, 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 not at all. You cannot get that done as quickly as he did. In fact, we had more time than he took, and we still didn't get it fucking finished. Yeah. It's impossible. How do you have a seating chart planned for a memorial? That one I don't understand. Yeah, that is, it's just absolutely baffling. And all the pictures he chose, conveniently just him and her. Yeah. Like, he's in every photo. Yeah. Like, she didn't have a life before she met him. Yeah. And Tony totally wanted to be cremated. Nobody else knew about this, but she definitely did. Just for the record, I totally want to be cremated. I already told my husband whatever's cheapest. I don't give a shit. Well, I Throw just me know, in the backyard. I, don't I just care. know that cremation's cheaper, so I'm like, I want to be cremated. Yeah, I'm like, whatever is cheapest, I don't care. I'm dead. Although, <laughs> if you could make me into a gemstone, I would also not mind that <laughs> method. Please wear my diamond ashes around your neck forever, Heather. What did I hear? Somebody said they wanted their skull saved and the rest of their body cremated, but they wanted that put into gems and put into the eye socket of the skull. <laughs> I would love that. Actually, you know what? Scratch that. That's that. what I want to do with my body. And please, put me on the mantle. That is what I want. Just gems in my skull yes. staring at my family. From the mantle, that would be so perfect. I want that. <laughs> it might have been last podcast. I think. <laughs> it sounds like something Henry would say. Oh, my God. <sighs> That's perfect. So I really don't take into account how people act when their spouse or loved one dies because everybody reacts differently. It's, but it's to a have time. the whole memorial and funeral already planned out when she wasn't sick. Yeah, it's, it's like that's something that like even when you know it's coming, like when, you know, someone's like, you know, really, really ill or whatever. Like, that takes a lot of planning. Like, it's it's a lot. I mean, yeah. even like whole families planning it takes you know a week. But maybe he was really good at this because he has experience. Because dun dun dun, his he has another first dead wife, wife also died in a mysterious accident. His most often told story is that she died in a car accident, but I would say... That's not at all what happened. She died in an accident due to a car. She died in an accident that involved a car in some manner, but... Yeah, a car accident. Yeah. <laughs> Does not sound nearly as crazy as what happened. Also, 
he was married to her as well for like a really long time. Well, not really. I mean, a long time, but it was like about the same amount of time. Yeah, it was like roughly. I, I think it was like twelve that. years or something like that. Because didn't they get married in like eighty? Uh, I think this one was eleven. But I did take note like. That was about I want to say it was time. like 84 and then like 92. No. no. Uh, married in 84, passed away in 95. That's what that it was, was my 95. first sentence. <laughs> Harold and his first wife, Lynn, married in 1984, and she passed away in 1995. So weird, these marriages lasted almost the same amount of time. <laughs> it's crazy, though, isn't it? But like, also, when you have like. Typically, when you have, like, you know, uh, like, Black Widow or, you know, in those cases, like, most people kill him pretty quickly. Yeah. Like, he was in it for the long con. He spent a lot of time with these women. It's yeah, like, really it's creepy. insane. Like, how can you, like, 12 years and mm-hmm. then you kill him? Like, fuck, man. You've gotten really attached, haven't you? And also the way the families and friends describe Harold is the same. Yeah. These women, the descriptions of the women, the same. Yeah. They were both strong Christian women who, you know, really wanted to be married and have a family. And Uh, both of the families describe him as acting like a salesman. Both women were very religious and both families didn't get to know Harold very well before they were married. It's creepy. No, because he like moved them away. And soon after Lynn and Harold got married, he whisked her away to live in Colorado. It's just... It's creepy how you can just interchange these women. Yeah, he really did have the same M.O. But it's weird that he wanted Tony to move to Colorado because he always wanted to live there. It's like, bro, didn't you live there already? (laughs) We learn a little more talking to Lynn's family and friends just how controlling Harold was. He was the one who planned the wedding. Which is weird. Fuck that. And these women couldn't call to talk to family or friends unless Harold was home so he could listen in on the conversations. Yeah. The call would literally go to him, and then he would put them on speakerphone. So she never once had a private conversation with her family. I don't like how that made me feel. No. Not at all. Very intrusive. That is horrifying. Saturday, May 6, 1995, they are driving, and Harold says the right front tire feels spongy. What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) I don't know. You're also talking to someone who literally, like, drove on a flat until it was just the rim. <laughs> How did you not feel the car? I don't okay. know. I was wearing heels, so I was just like, oh, like, it's really different when you wear heels and drive. <laughs> God. I was, like, 19, okay? <laughs> so he pulls over on this dirt area to change the tire. He tried to use the Jeep. The man loves Jeeps. He tried to use the Jeep-issued jack and realized it doesn't work so he puts it back and uses two boat jack that he has you know those two other jacks we all keep in the back of our cars yeah who has a boat jack he uses these two boat jacks not designed to be used for a car and gets the car up and while he's taking the tire off he hands the lug nuts to lynn and when he throws the old tire into the back of the jeep the car falls off the jacks and he hears a scream fucking weird he discovers that when the car fell it somehow fell onto lynn so harold's brilliant theory is lynn must have dropped a lug nut and when she went over to pick it up the car somehow fell on her and she was trapped under the rotor of the tire how high up was this car jack for this woman to crawl who crawls under a car that's been jacked up to find one lug nut the car will work without one 
Yeah. No, <laughs> fuck that. Yeah, why do you risk crawling under a car? Um, so I don't know why the cops bought this story. It's insane. No. So at first this is just brushed off as a weird accident. Until someone tells the current coroner about the death of Tony and how she should probably look into the death of Lynn. She looks into it and immediately tells the cops, you need to look into this case again. There were some witnesses for some of this. One guy who was a mechanic saw them pulled over and offered to help change the tire. Because, you know, he's a bit of an expert. Or even if he wants him to point his headlights so Harold could see what he was doing, but Harold tells him to leave. Yeah, like, who doesn't want Dude, help? if I have a flat tire and a mechanic's driving up, yes. Go ahead and change yeah. it. Like, first of all, if I have a flat tire, I'm on the phone with my husband. <laughs> Honey, I don't drive, so I don't gotta worry. <laughs> Honey, I'm gonna need you. In fact, I have gotten a flat tire, and I literally just sat there at the gas station until my husband could come rescue me, because <laughs> I was just like... After the accident, Harold stops a couple to ask for help, but he won't let them perform CPR on Lynn. This guy hates CPR. <laughs> like, he will not do it. It's freezing out, and Harold won't even take his coat off to put on Lynn. But no, these but these random Samaritans strange, yeah, do. these random people He's such a monster. volunteer their coats. And once they hear sirens from EMS, they say Harold looks panicked, not relieved. And this woman, the eyewitness, eyewitness, you can tell this has haunted her all these years. God, could you imagine pulling up and there's a woman crushed under a vehicle? And the husband's doing nothing? Literally nothing. He didn't try to jack the car back up or anything. Like, they had to pull the car off of her. This situation traumatized this woman so much, the detectives called the speaker about it, and she knew instantly what they were calling for. Yeah, they're like, do you have any idea why we may be calling you? And she's like, is it about the woman? Like, that's crazy. The cops are trying to recreate the scene. I love this scene. It made me laugh. When she, they cannot get the car when to When the hot the detective jack. is trying to, like, yeah, she's, like, trying to, like, Why, like throw the tire the in. the tire in, the tire immediately bounced, bounced back. <laughs> and then she's, like, kicking the back yeah. tailgate and stuff. Like, I love her. So they come to the conclusion that the only way the car would have fallen is if one of the jacks was manually lowered and Lynn had to be incapacitated. Or, or later if they discovered that also you could just kick the car from the side and it would <laughs> knock it down off the jack. Yeah, so she had to be incapacitated in some way because there's no evidence on her that would have proved she was crawling around trying to get that lug nut. Because again, it's on a dirt area. Like, how does she not have any dirt under her nails or from fighting? Because she is dying. This isn't going to kill you instantly. No. I think she died from asphyxiation. Yeah. It's a rough way. And, of course, there was a life insurance policy in place that doubled if she died in an accident. What a coincidence. And it was like a newer one, too. Mm Mm-hmm. So, at this point, her manner of death has changed from accident to undetermined. I also looked into his story on this, and even his reason for why they were out driving constantly changes. And no one has actually said if there was anything wrong with the tire. And his story on that also changes with him telling other people the tire was flat. Yeah, and they said that it had the like same amount... I said to stick to your lie. Yeah, he <laughs> definitely, he's like not good at this. No. Um... But also, like, they said that the tire had the same amount of air as all of the other tires. Yeah. 
He also says they were driving to a restaurant and then said they were coming back, back from, from a restaurant. restaurant. The cops didn't go to the restaurant to check his story. Yeah, they're just like, oh, a car fell on your wife on the side of the road? Totally makes sense. Like, uh, they start looking into women he dated in between his marriages, and they all describe him as exactly as you would expect. He's very controlling, angry man who is oddly very interested in their financial information. Yeah, he handles the money. Yeah. April 2014, they're still working on these cases, but they do find a suspected mistress. What are the one detective keep calling it? Paramore. Paramore, yes, he did. Uh, Grace Rochelle, she was Lynn, uh, confusing, Lynn's brother's ex-wife. Which, like, you don't go for the family, man. Like, <laughs> So his ex-sister-in-law, she's very open to talk to the cops. I like this woman. She tells him that they were never romantically involved. So Yeah, she's like, ugh, no. Yeah. Grace had been having problems with her marriage and trying to recover from losing everything to bankruptcy and the divorce and Harold sort of pushes in as this fun uncle who just wants to help his ex-sister-in-law and her four daughters that's creepy no yeah he was literally like stepping in like the new dad he mentions to grace that she should get a life insurance policy and he would pay for it which is like super weird yeah like I felt uncomfortable like when my kid's grandfather got like a life insurance policy on them yeah He's trying to tell her, you know, if something happens to you, at least your four daughters will have something. It's creepy when they're looking through photos, and there's one at Christmas where he's posing with them. Like He looks like he's the dad. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Like, he is really trying to insert himself in this family. Ugh. So, in 2010, Grace's divorce was finalized, so she was going to take a job and move to Texas, and Harold did not like that. No, he was definitely, like... Not happening. Surprisingly, he wanted her to move to Colorado. I don't know why. <laughs> also, can I just say, like, for her being a single mother with four girls, it's definitely cheaper to raise children alone in Texas yeah. versus Colorado. Yeah. Like, no. The cost of living is outrageous. She is done dealing with him and his controlling behavior and asked for the life insurance policy to be canceled. So she was a little shocked when the cops told her it was still in effect. Oh, and Harold was the primary beneficiary, not Not her her daughters. daughters. And she had no idea it was for $400,000. Yeah, just insane. She literally breaks down crying, saying that she could have been the next victim, and she had no idea. So, yeah, she's dealing with the fact that she might have been a future victim. The policy was put into effect before Tony even died. So was this dude just, like planning out his financial future like years ahead it's it's weird several months before lynn died they took insurance policies out on each other three hundred thousand dollars even though she already had a policy and after her death he ended up receiving six hundred thousand dollars total yeah and he told them that he only got oh well i guess that was tony yeah and tony had at least four insurance policies that they could find which equal to 4.7 million dollars like oh my god it's absolutely insane like no wonder he wants to get married so quickly to these women well and he didn't he told the investigators that like he only told them about like one insurance well they always do that though you'd think they'd look into it the cops also find out that 18 months before tony's death she had had another accident. 
Another weird accident. They're staying at a remote family cabin. I wish we had enough money to just have a family cabin to go God. to. Can we pool our money and have a family <laughs> cabin? And it's 10 o'clock at night when Harold suddenly wants to clean up outside. He's on the upper deck and asks Tony to pick up this broken light in the yard. Fuck you. During, do it during the day. Yeah, like I'm not cleaning up glass at night. She bends down to pick it up and Harold is just throwing around lumber. <laughs> it was so weird. And she well, gets, and he also couldn't make up his mind whether he threw it yeah. or it fell. Uh, she gets hit in the back of the neck or the head by a piece. And she doesn't even again, know what happened. She just goes down. Again, his story changes. It's different sizes of beams. And some people he talks to. It's he a two by four. He, no, it's a two by six. He says he threw it. Other people he told it slipped off the porch. And I read another person said he slipped on a ladder and dropped it. <laughs> Ten <laughs> o'clock at night. Like, I'm so... Like, no one is doing that in the middle of the night. No, you're, like, watching Netflix on the couch. It's it's a freak accident. She ends up with a fractured vertebrae, but now everyone's left wondering, was this his first attempt at killing her? Which, this is worse than falling off a mountain. Like, who's throwing around lumber? But could you imagine if that was, like, you know, his first wife dies because the car falls on her, and then his second wife dies because he threw a stick He's a shitty handyman. <laughs> yeah. like So there's no smoking gun in either case. It's all circumstantial evidence. The feds have enough evidence in Tony's death to at least get a search warrant on Harold's house. And it turns out he's not a successful businessman. Shock and surprise. He hasn't had a job in 20 years. How the fuck do you do that, though? Like, that's what I want to know. Clearly, you know what, never mind. It's because he's killing his wives and living yeah. off the insurance money. But, like, what the fuck? How do you not have a job for 20 goddamn years? And she didn't notice. Well, that was, like, that one where the guy said he was a doctor and he didn't even finish medical school. Seriously? Remember he ended up killing the wife? Yeah. Like, when the cops went over there, there was no mattress in the house. And I was like, oh, okay, that's suspicious. Seriously? <laughs> like, how are these people doing this shit? The business he started doesn't even exist. He Keep didn't your even life take, small. Didn't even take the time to, like, actually start a business. And what has he been doing on these weekly business trips that they mention every fucking episode? I still don't know, because <laughs> they didn't really iron out the whole detail, like... <laughs> And the saddest part about all this is, so Tony's family definitely think he did it. But because of Harold and Tony's young daughter, they act like they're on his side so they can be around the girl. Which is that, I can't even imagine how they... It's horrible. ...could bring themselves, like, it just, that had to be really hard. To have to be around this guy you know is a monster just so you can make sure this little girl is safe. But behind his back, of course, they're in constant contact with law enforcement, updating them on any information they find out. But after a year of this, they can't do it anymore. They, he's being super cocky, like they haven't arrested me yet because they don't have anything on me. So the family gets fed up and not only are they fed up with him, they go public in their belief of his guilt. Yeah, they absolutely, they were like, "Uh, nope. Yeah. This isn't happening anymore. Like, which sucks because, you know, then they don't get to see their granddaughter. Yeah. But, I mean, I just, I 
couldn't imagine. They finally arrest him on November 6, 2014 and charge him with first-degree murder in the case of the second wife, Tony. They're aware he's moving money around, so they ask for his bond be denied due to being a flight risk. And once he's arrested, they're digging through evidence, and we finally find out where the fuck he's been going during these business trips. I cannot stress enough, they mention it every episode. Yeah, he's, he's especially, he was getting a nanny so that he could go yes. on these business trips every week. He doesn't even have a job. Yeah. Looking at his cell phone records, they find out he was literally at a mall 10 miles from the house, hanging out a Panera Bread. Okay, but that's, okay, so I get that, like, they were like, okay, we tracked him down from, like, you know, the phone calls and stuff, like, he was at a Panera, but, like, what the fuck was he doing for, like, several days they said he was just oh yeah like where was he staying and yeah all that? that's what i'm wondering like what was he doing for several days at a panera bread like it wasn't like he was sleeping at the panera yeah, they bread said he was there for like four hours just on the internet but um, that still leaves 20 fucking other hours like i need to know more where then, was he and then when he wasn't doing that he was going to the rocky mountain national park you know possibly spotting out locations off trails to murder women at and Marking it on his map. <laughs> and the trips to Rocky Mountain started once he found out Tony had opened her own banking account. Yes. she was getting ready to leave him. Oh, absolutely. So they have a motive. She was going to leave, kill her, take her life insurance money. And the bank she opened that account at, 11 days after her death, he used paperwork with her forged signature to clean it out. It's not suspect at all. You're getting almost $5 million from her life insurance policies. Well, and her, Why do you need this extra money? Her family was really concerned because, obviously, the first potential attempt on her life. But also yeah. because he was handling all the finances and she wasn't seeing any of it. So that was obviously how she knew that he didn't have a job. Or, you know, didn't know that he had a, didn't have a job because, you know, he was handling all the money. So she yeah. wasn't seeing any of that. But also, like, she was getting, like royalty checks because of her family's oil business Mm -hmm. and he was cashing those as well like so you know and that's why she opened the account because her her dad was like you know you should you should be handling those like those should be going just to you kind of thing just fucking weird Uh, i was shocked in the pre-trial hearing when the judge said he would allow brady up the first wife lynn's mysterious death like usually they don't do that no it was it was definitely like but it was you know, good to show, like, a pattern of suspiciousness. Yeah. Uh, September 8th, 2015, the trial begins, and I'm glad they don't spend a lot of time on this trial. That's usually stuff that is just so boring. Like, we've already gone over evidence. We don't need to just hash it out. We know this man killed her. And Harold didn't testify, which is super weird, but also, like, this was his chance to force everybody to listen to him and he could just lie all he wants and he didn't and I'm sure he and his attorney had a huge argument. <laughs> now, I imagine that he wanted to and his attorney was like, you can't do it. You're not going to do like, it. I will leave. <laughs> yeah, like, literally, you are not getting on that stand. September 18th, the jury comes back with a verdict of guilty and he is sentenced to life in prison without parole. Bye, bitch. Hallelujah, because... He definitely pushed her. I knew that the second I looked at his dumb face. <laughs> so they don't have a trial for Lynn. They kind of, Lynn kind of gets her day in court because they do talk about her and her life and all that to tie it to like, he's done this before. This is a pattern. Right. I mean, it, 
This it does also... suck that, like, you know, she didn't get, like, he didn't get any kind of, like, sentence for her murder, but, like, he... I don't see him getting out, because this is federal case. Yeah, no, he's definitely, he's not going to get out. And I think that if it came down to it, and there was a potential for him to get out, they would then charge him for the murder of Well, Lynn. they could also charge him with, like, forging her signature, and I'm sure there's plenty of shit yeah, they could charge no, him Yeah, absolutely. With. They've, they've got something, you know, in the, like that one guy who killed the girlfriend, and then, like, they had already charged him, he got off or something, and then they found photos of the murder, and then they charged him with something else. Then he got out, and he fell and died on the coffee table. <laughs> I gotta look that one up again. That was sweet, sweet justice. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I can't imagine that they're ever going to let this man out. No. Like, it, he definitely murdered. And, you know, it was great that, like, her family got to, you know. Oh, yeah, the families came together. Like, it was incredible. Yeah, they, they really, like, you know, he took their daughters, and... Mm-hmm. Now they're raising the little girl, and yeah, she's... Yeah, well, because um, even the people, the guardians who got her once he was arrested, I think the people he picked out, and even they were like, this guy definitely did it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, they were not on his side. No. Like, X marks the spot. You can't do that, dumbass. <laughs> yeah, they like, just wanted to give who, this girl a family. Who marks the map with the dead person's location? But I think, like, two years after he was arrested, um, Tony's brother got custody of the girl, and I hope she has a great life. Like, Yeah. Like, she's definitely with people who have a lot of love to give to her, and these they seem like really nice families. Yeah. No, they definitely, like, they, that was, like, the biggest thing that came out of all of it. Like, yeah. they were good families. They were good people. Because she was just going to be somebody else for him to control. and Well, and they even said that like, he was controlling everything mm-hmm. she ate and did. And, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad she got away from that because I couldn't imagine. So, in conclusion. Don't kill someone on federal land. Don't mark the spot. <laughs> don't spend hours upon hours just hanging out Panera. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> God, pick a better place. What a weird place. I'm going on a business trip 10 minutes away at the mall. Gained 40 pounds because I've just been eating a lot of fucking bread bowls. <laughs> what was he doing online? Probably just looking up new women? Yeah, or... how to murder. What a weird dude. Didn't invest enough time, but yeah. Also, like, don't let anyone keep you from your loved ones. Like, yeah. that's shady as shit. Yeah. Like, if you don't get to have, like, some sort of, like, privacy and alone time or like time with people you give a shit about like no they're not the right person yeah so because even that one christmas video they were like i hate families that do that we're like tell us what you want for christmas or whatever and she looks at him and says oh you go first like that was yeah like she's scared to say anything in every video she looked like she was just broken. Yeah, it, just it was exhausted. hard to watch. Like even like the videos of like him holding the daughter. Like she just seemed like she was kind of there and not sure what she was allowed to say or do. Yeah. It just I don't know. I again, you're worth way more than that. <laughs> and I will kick some fucking ass. I won't really, but. <laughs> Just only because I don't fight. But anyway, um, 
it was good. I can't wait to see what they're going to do. Seriously, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Like, it literally, like, I cannot wait. And also, I hope that badass detective is in, like, more of them because she was bossed up. I forget her name. She was glorious with her, mm-hmm. like, her, like, glistening like golden silvery hair she wanted to be an artist but she wanted a job where she was outside she goes 27 years later i'm still here yeah like she was fucking incredible god i'm like her biggest fan (laughs) so yeah anyway check it out i hope the next one's just as badass yeah bye bye thank you for listening to doc to me the opening music is by twisterium for comments or suggestions, we can be reached by email at doctomypod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at doctomypod and find our Facebook group, Doctomy Podcasts. Thank you.